0: Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, joined today by Mr. Stu mm-hmm. uh, Steve Dace, back in the house. So happy that you're here in Dallas. Thank you. Uh, sorry for the cold weather, by the way.
1: Oh, I think it's freaking balmy out there. Are you kidding me? I mean, sun's out, guns out, as far as I'm concerned, from where I'm coming from, yeah.
0: And Jason Buttrell, a chief researcher for the Glenbeck Beck program. Jason, thanks for being here. All right, uh, we are today going to cover the top stories that we did not get to earlier in the week so getting right into it, Stu, uh, f- the uh, farmers nearing crisis are pushing back on Trump's trade policies.
2: Yeah. Um, as you know, uh, I had created the hashtag tariff again uh, many years ago yes. now. Oh, uh, yeah. tariff <laughs> tariff How dare you. <laughs> uh, to talk about, because I mean, they think this is the biggest thing. I think it's the, been, to me, the worst part of the Trump presidency. Uh, I'm a you know, big believer in free trade. Um, but I, I don't. It's it's interesting who it's hitting. I mean, it, you know, it's not necessarily hitting conservative dopey media hosts like me. It's hitting people like farmers in the middle of the country, yeah. people who supported Trump, and still I think generally continue to. But it's really starting to wear on their livelihoods. Um, the, this particular story talks about it talks to a bunch of farmers. There's a few quotes from them. Uh, I don't see it any better, getting any better until we get something resolved with China. You've had farms that have gone out of business. They have gone bankrupt because of this trade war. There's a lot of farmers going through. The tough conversations right now with our lenders, um, with the low price situation and the trade stuff. I think we're going to have people not get financed this winter, and next winter is going to be worse if this doesn't change. Now, at some level, that's anecdotal. Um, you know, they had a bunch of people who in the in the story who were quoted with very similar types of views. But you know, the 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 big the big picture. If you back up, you, you see this: average farm income has fallen to near 15-year lows under Trump. And in some areas of the country, farm bankruptcies are soaring. And, you know, this is, these were the people who were supposed to be the forgotten men, right? These mm-hmm. are the people who are doing all the work for their country. They're feeding our nation. I mean, they're fueling our nation in many ways. Uh, and they're the ones, you know, getting hit here. And it just, I, you know, I think there is a tolerance at some level around the country to say, look, you know, we will let him try this and, and we'll see how this goes. Uh, I think there's a lot of you know, generalized fear from globalism and these words become such negative words when in a lot of ways they're not you're negative. like
3: this is a tax on ordinary citizens. it's not really punishing the other countries. Yeah, because they... Like, like what you're like saying
1: Other here. countries don't pay the tax.
3: That's <laughs> not how that works.
2: Um, so it's... It, it, but you know, now we're seeing this hitting the very people who, you know, like in Iowa, who put this guy in office. And I don't know. I don't know how much tolerance there's going to be for this. I think we've seen... A lot of damage. I mean, I can't. We talk about the economy all the time and how great it is. Imagine what it would be if we weren't in the middle of multiple trade wars with allies and enemies alike. Uh, I really, I would love to see this just get cleared out. I think it would it would set out the they set the economy, and um, you know, into, to new heights. And we've seen what what is it now? Thirty percent of the tax cuts have now been eliminated because of tariffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just not. It's, it's so counterproductive, and it's just a viewpoint. I mean, if you read the, if you believe anything that's in the Woodward book, I mean, almost the entire book is basically Gary Cohn and Donald Trump arguing about trade. And he is, this is the one thing he really, really believes. I don't think it's shown any signs of success yet. And I, I you know, I, I don't know how he's going to get reversed unless people like this, farmers in the middle of the country, step up and say, Don, we love you. Yeah. But please stop killing us, Please.
0: Steve, I know this hits close to home for you. Why don't you weigh in here? Well,
2: so in, in 2016,
1: we, Iowa is a state of 99 counties for reasons only a lot knows. But uh, 33 of, of the counties that voted for Obama twice in 2008 and 2012 in Iowa flipped and voted for Trump in 2016. Yeah. That's an incredible number. Yeah we saw almost every one of those counties flip back to the Democrats in 2018. Wow. Uh, and it's, it's why you saw a couple of Republican congressmen go down outside of his own um, you know, comments. Uh, it's why Steve King in the most Republican district only won by two or three points. Uh, and, and what's happened is the, the, the ag community in, in Iowa has been asked to essentially say that we prefer Trump's cultural views Oh, more than the damage that he's doing to us on a kitchen table level, all mm. right? And any human civilization, you know, there's a reason why uh, uh, what Hamas does after they start launching missiles into Israel, and Israel invariably fires back and blows up a bunch of neighborhoods, Hamas will then turn around and hand out cash to the members of the families, the husbands, <coughs> whose, whose houses were destroyed. Mm. Because in the end, the basic instinct takes over, and they're buying their loyalty on a very primal basic <coughs> level. The same thing applies here. There's only so much culture war rhetoric that you can give before, you know, mama's got to eat and dad's got to go into the house and explain why soybeans are down another 15%. OK, and and we're at we're past that breaking point. The reason our governor survived when several down ballot Republican congressmen lost is frankly, she got a She got a huge loyalty vote from evangelicals in Iowa because of the landmark pro-life legislation that she signed, all right? So, she had, meaning she had a victory to sell her base on. Trump doesn't have enough victories to then, as you pointed out, this is one nothing. See, I don't think it's a philosophy of, of fair trade or free trade. I think Trump's about a philosophy of leverage. And he's looking for tools to exert leverage on people. It, the reason the leverage isn't working here, Donald Trump understands these costs are being passed on. I, I, don't, I think yeah. he knows, I think he do, understands this. Mm-hmm. What he doesn't understand is his presidency is in two, is, is perceived to be in such a weakened state that he can't use this tool as a leverage against an external force because they, they look at all the political opposition he faces. They, they look at the way the media portrays him and they just say, we, ha- we don't have to deal with this guy. We're just going to wait this out. And we'll wait until the next guy comes in and they'll give us a better deal. And so the double-edged sword, meaning, yes, the costs are passed on to the consumer, but then it also exerts leverage on the other party who wants the consumer to buy their goods, it becomes a single-edged sword yeah. because you, he doesn't have the leverage over these regimes because his political standing right now at home is too weak. Now it's only exerting leverage the other way. It's, it's, it's the boomerang effect. All right. And so I was involved in a project last year with one of the number one renewable fuels guys in the industry. And and looking at what this was doing to the ag community, he wanted to use this as political leverage to go to the White House and say, hey, you guys wouldn't be in the White House without rural America. I mean, we're the reason that you guys shocked all these people on Election Day. We want to be free of the RFS. We want the renewable fuel standard. We want to be free of the subsidy scheme. We want to be able to grow as much corn. Uh, and sell as much corn and process as much corn as every state wants. And if the consumers want to buy 15, 20 percent ethanol or 25 percent for that matter, then great. If they don't, then not. Because I think people don't understand about the RFS is they only see the guaranteed subsidy part of it. They don't realize that the cost of that is it caps the wealth these guys can make as well. So he's like, hey, I really believe in our product, and I'd make more money if I was on my own and not relying on government. Well, lo and behold, who do you think opposed his effort to go and leverage the, the White House? His own lobbying group did, and so what they got was E15 instead, which is a nothing burger. It, it, it doesn't put any sort of dent in the dynamic that you're discussing whatsoever. Mm.
0: Jason, I know you were following all of this very closely. You want to weigh in before we move on?
1: Yeah, I don't
3: I, – I, I promise not to go on another farm bill rant. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to let you. i very tempted. So. But um, the what only thing – is I'm sorry. Right, right, I could go on and on, <laughs> yeah. as you guys know. Um, but the one thing that I will say is that, you know, it, this is exactly how government works. They'll they'll put a tariff on something. They'll put a tax on something. Um, they'll they'll be a uh, pain and then they'll look to subsidize something, give a handout, you know, to it's, it's more and more ways that uh, an easier way for government to get control. The farm bill was like one of the biggest things on that. And it's, it was so tragic to me on that, too. So uh, the farmers don't want a handout. They don't want that it's generations and generations of like hard workers and and wanting to do the work and, and and getting something for you know for their for their work they don't want to get money has uh, a handout from the government but it was so much easier for them to pass something like that that dumpster fire of a bill a totally not american bill whatsoever Basically, as a basically just to get that leverage back, because what else are we going to say? Are we going to say what you don't care about these farmers that are now you know in this dire need? They're not; they don't have their money. It's your your fault. It's the government's (laughs) fault for getting involved in the first place.
2: That absolutely was a farm bill
3: rant.
1: I mean, he just did it. I did. did I I I said I wouldn't. But But it
3: was tiny. But you applied the the
1: leverage necessary (laughs) to make it shorter (laughs) than it otherwise would have been. All
0: right. Before we move on, I want to thank our sponsor, uh, Mercury Real Estate. So. Oh, I'm sorry, Relief Factor. (laughs) I'm still sick. (laughs) Uh, So Relief Factor, unfortunately, does not help when you have um, like sinus infections or colds or anything like that, otherwise I would be taking as much of it as I could. But what it does help with is uh, if you're in constant pain. So if you are one of what the hundred million Americans who suffer from daily pain, and you know you're just like I don't want to get out of bed. I've got a back problem. I've got a knee problem. I'm getting old and things hurt now. Which is what I find myself saying way too frequently. Um, Relief factor, you gotta try it. It's 100% drug free, so you don't have to deal with big pharma. I know Stu's very disappointed in that, but it's true. You are, I heart big pharma. You do. He's like a big pharma <laughs> fanboy. It's crazy. Yeah,
2: I need shirts. Uh,
0: but so, shirts. <laughs> it's 100% drug-free. Relief Factor. Don't a vegetarian?
2: To him. Who's for big pharma?
0: <laughs> I know. What are you? Uh, and it targets the inflammation in your body, which a lot of people don't realize when you know Relief Factor kicks in, and it targets this inflammation the way that it does. They don't realize that that is the actual source of their pain, that is the root of their problem. It works for me, I was in a car accident several years ago and messed up a bunch of discs in my back and I couldn't find anything that could work for me. Relief Factor does, I know it works for Glenn, he was in severe pain for a number of years and it started working for him. Um, Get the three week quick start pack for $19.95, see if it works for you, 70% of the people who try it go on to keep buying it, it's working for them. The odds are in your favor that it's gonna work for you. You can go to relieffactor.com or you can call 800-500-8384. All right, so the Green New Deal is being pushed right now by every one of the uh, Democrat candidates that we have who have, they've thrown their hat into the ring, and Nancy Pelosi came out today and said, what did she say? The, the Green Dream, or whatever they call yeah, it. Very I don't. Yeah, I don't else. know, whatever it is. They haven't even read it. Uh, Jason.
3: Which is weird, because I wouldn't associate, like, anything, I don't know, I don't associate intelligent thought with anything Nancy Pelosi does right now, but she's actually seeming very intelligent on this, that she's very much distancing herself from from the Green New Deal. Like, it's, Do you
0: think, though, hold on, do you think, though, that it's that she's distancing herself from the green new deal or she's distancing herself from this new breed of that. Yeah. yeah. That she's just mad.
1: She's that annoyed that the children uh, believe that uh, they're
0: not doing they right their
3: turn. Yes. yes.
0: Yeah, that's what I think it is. But
3: after the details of this are coming out, you would have to be a complete moron to side with this. I mean, it is that insane. Literally, it reads like a South Park parody of what like a cons- <laughs> like if they did a parody of a conservative and what they think the radical left is, this is how they would write the script. It's insane. Um, I, 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 I'm going to have to read off of this, which Glenn would slap me in the face if he saw me doing this. Well, but the
0: boss isn't here. So he's not here,
3: so um, <laughs> I'm going to take advantage. So this is just a few of the things that – and she came on, I think it was on NPR today, where she released uh, pretty much for the first time all the, how this is going to work. Now, she wants – she's calling for – this is supposed to happen within 10 to 12 years, Okay. Um, she wants to a ban, she wants to ban. Wait, hold
0: on. We're, but we're dead in 12 years from climate change. Right. So I'm, already, I'm already
1: dead from net neutrality.
3: See so All the are <laughs> all right. The tax cuts killed yes. me. Yes. I don't know why I'm still here. <laughs> um, so she wants to ban all affordable energy. So all oil, all natural gas, which weirdly enough, natural gas is one of the reasons why we lead the world in, you know, in, in, in carbon emissions. But she wants to get rid of that stuff. She also wants to get rid of nuclear energy. So she wants to get rid of all that. Now, she hasn't really described on how we're going to replace that. Yeah,
0: that's what, what are we going to use.
3: But she's talked about electrical charging stations, all that stuff. Again, no real, I don't know how the actual power companies are going to power those charging stations mm-hmm. without all of this other energy. But anyway, she wants to get rid of all that stuff, 10 to 12 years. Um, she wants to, okay, so, uh, she wants to uh, okay, 99% of every car that's out there in America, she wants to get rid of. Just the ninety-nine percent. Just ninety-nine okay. percent. So there's one percent.
0: One whole percent. Yeah.
3: So if you have, if you're with the one percent that is cool enough to have a, be a Tesla owner, mm-hmm. then, then uh, you're good. Yes. Ninety-nine percent of cars. She's, she wants to get rid of them in ten years
2: and replace them with electric. Is electric. That, mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but but that goes further. She also doesn't like uh, airplanes. Uh, she wants to get rid of all airplane travel. But she has a plan for that, high-speed oh, okay. rail. So she's going to build a bunch of high-speed rail, over which includes going, going over oceans and all that stuff. Okay. It'll be expensive, but it'll get rid of airplanes. But we can say we have a big infrastructure bill.
2: That's true. That's kind of cool.
3: Which she, <laughs> she goes into a lot more on that, too, about just building up our infrastructure, which includes tearing down, gutting, redoing every single structure in America. Like, all of them. All houses, commercial buildings, everything. (laughs) It
1: seems a little intrusive.
2: (laughs) A little bit. A little bit. I noticed that,
3: too. Um, So this is, again, this reads like parody, but this is all in her plan. Mm. Um, I I said eliminate all air air travel. Um, Okay, so this is the (laughs) stuff that um, has nothing to do with the environment, but what the heck, she threw it in there anyway. So everybody's guaranteed a a government-guaranteed job. So everyone's going to have a job if they want it. Now, if they're unwilling to work, which is a direct quote, if they're unwilling to work, we're going to pay them anyway, as if they were doing the job anyway. A lot of people are going to choose the work. For, I think I'd be unwilling. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure. Um, Wait, how many do we have left?
3: Uh, like, uh, I'll do these really quick.
0: No, 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 no. Oh. Let's take a break, and then you we'll sure? come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back okay. and hear the rest. You gotta leave them on a cliffhanger, Jason. Big
3: uh, time cliffhanger.
0: <laughs> South Park return. Good <laughs> Before we get back into the conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. Um, so I have a cute little 380 at home. Uh, Glenn always makes fun of me for it, but I never got out to the range to actually go shoot it. And whenever I did, every it was very rare. Whenever I did, every once in a while, um, it always threw me off because it has a really long pull. Like I, I'm always expecting it to fire, and I'm like, no, it, oh, it should already fire, and I, I just could not get the pull right. Um, so I use iTarget Pro, It has, it's changed everything for me. Um, so what it is, Pat made fun of me, I heard him the other day on radio, he made fun of me for saying this, it's a laser bullet, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to describe it. It is a laser bullet, it's a little bullet that you put in the chamber, and it, Jason, would you like to take over for me? Look, you can watch it on on here. Um, you just keep firing, and it stays in there, and it tracks, um, it tracks where you shoot your target. So you little set laser up pointer a, right yeah, a little yeah. app on your phone, but you can't see the laser until you fire. So it's not helping you. Yeah. Um but it helps you dry fire which is key for um you know being being close with your gun knowing how it works Jason I know you were in the uh, in the Marines
3: Yep and that's how they teach you you used it for a solid 2 weeks before you even you actually dry shoot fire. you dry fire yeah. for a solid 2 weeks that's what you do and if this is really the only way to actually improve your your shooting and learn nice. that trigger pull like yeah. what you're saying is to either dry fire or to go to the range if you go to the range you're going to spend I don't know at least maybe 20 bucks it's just so to get on the expensive. range then you're going to spend another 100 dollars or so and and uh, and ammunition. Yes.
1: And then, and then uh, they're going to tax another 80% the ammunition. <laughs> <yeah. into it. laughs> yeah.
3: um, but you, but one-time payment, you get iTarget Pro, it pays for it really it in pays, one range. It, it
0: really does pay for itself. And plus, you get to have super fun family games uh, in your living room of like who who fires the best.
2: I got say, I'm looking at the picture, it says freaking laser bullet. You're totally right.
0: Thank you. It says laser bullet <laughs> on the packaging. You. He does. made fun of me. He's I like, know. what did Sarah call it the other day? <laughs> a laser, laser bullet. bullet? It's a laser bullet. iTarget
2: right, Pro calls it a laser bullet. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: Take that, Pat. (laughs) You can get 10% off right now, plus free shipping if you use promo code NEWS. That is itargetpro.com. Let's see. Is that what holiday is coming up? Whatever holiday is coming up. uh, Valentine's Day. Get your man and I target pro for Valentine's Day, because how much more romantic can it get?
2: You're welcome. (laughs) And a laser bullet. (laughs) Uh,
0: Jason, Jason, continue with the uh, crazy requirements for the Green New Deal. You would
3: think after just hearing that it couldn't get crazier, but no, it pretty much gets crazier. Um, So we just got finished with a guaranteed job, including if you're not willing to work, but again, Mm -hmm. that's a direct quote, you'll Mm -hmm. still get the money, Um, free education for life. So nice. that includes free trade schools, all free college education.
0: Very qua- they'll be very quality driven, right? They'll P- probably, very high quality. Probably as high quality
3: as the actual college that gave AOC an actual degree. Yes. About, around that quality. In fact, right now they should be tearing that school down and replacing it with a 7 <laughs> Eleven. Because people get more of an education than going in going and talking to the people at 7 Eleven than that school. Um, at, at, at the bare minimum, I should be decertified by this but point. Isn't this it is Boston University, too? Or yeah. going to be? Yeah. There? I mean,
2: that is, should be a good school, too. Uh, how did she get an economics degree at that school? I don't, how is that possible? Um, Maybe she's their, let me give you a
1: worse scenario. She's their model student.
2: Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> That's scary. She doesn't even seem to know socialism. Like, it's one thing to be a socialist, go to college, come out, be a socialist. She seems confused by even those concepts. She doesn't know really the details of them. She doesn't seem to know the basics about the things she's arguing for. Well, and you're saying she her... has an
3: economics degree. If she had an economics <laughs> degree. She then. has an economics oh, degree. Oh, that's
0: right. To be fair, she seems confused by pretty much everything. That's true. It's not just her policies. Not
1: to be fair, I was at presidential debates in the last primary mm-hmm. where the guy that won when he didn't know a damn specific about a damn thing, would then suddenly look at Rand Paul at the end of the stage and say, hey, wait, he's not supposed to be here tonight because looking to change the subject. So there does appear to be a run right now on politicians. (laughs) Fair enough. don't know a lot of specifics.
3: I don't know
0: specifics about
3: anything. Um, so they also, she also thinks that uh, improving our diets is, is the uh, is the you know the, the responsibility of the government. Hey, just to make sure that we're all eating okay. So,
0: okay, I'm listening. So, oh, so stop. The it.
3: government <laughs> will provide quote unquote healthy food to every American.
1: Mm. Soiling greenest people. That. That's great.
3: So I wonder if that includes turkey in a
2: can. Uh, maybe. Oh, yeah. maybe yeah. I will say I
0: can. hate the government. Government getting into nutrition, all of the food yeah. pyramid. Is wrong. It's say, completely messed up. I
2: think the, the thing that paid her bills was a tequila bar, and, and, and she, that's where she worked. Yeah. When she, as she started her run, she worked as a waitress in a tequila bar. This is not a healthy. Uh, I mean, I don't agave. I guess maybe could be healthy. Well,
0: um, I would like to remind you mm-hmm. that when she started running uh, for Congress, she did have to give up her yoga several times a week, and also eating her salmon and rice for dinner, oh which gosh. would be very healthy. Oh, my goodness. So mm. that was just something that she, you know, she sacrificed that's what she for, for us.
3: <laughs> Continue, right. please. So moving on down the line, uh, the government also will provide a house because that's very cheap. I mean, we only have, what, 350 million Americans. Um, so that's
2: 350 million houses. Government I housing has to worked to out really nicely in other countries as they've tried it. If I, I like had, it had
0: a fork, <laughs> I would literally stab myself in the
2: ear right now. <laughs> it's, I mean, this so is magic. basically just a list of all the things you could possibly want in life. Right? Yeah. And the government's going to give you all of it. Remember the whole remember that whole ca- uh, cartoon Obama did that the year was... Uh, Oh, what was her name? It was one. It was a woman, and in, in, Julia. Remember this? And they had like Ju- the life of Julia, and Julia. They showed her going through her life. She's a little kid, and she got assistance from for free lunch, and then she went to college. She, she got the free tuition, and then she got older. She got free health care, and they walked. Through, they walked this that's cartoon right. through yeah, this I whole remember. life. Yep. That is, I mean, that's this times a thousand, right? Like every single moment of your life. And I just remember thinking, looking at that cartoon, and thinking. I don't want government involved in every aspect of my life from birth to grave. Here's really how you know they, they don't, desires this? Here's how you know they don't really believe that, though. So,
1: in the Obama era, we had more people on food stamps in America than the total population of Spain, if you ran the numbers. Mm. Okay? Record numbers of food stamps. And, oh, by the way, the food stamp program is funded by which piece of legislation every year? Uh, Farm
2: bill. Banter, Farm bill.
1: Okay? Banter.
3: Don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> Tempting fate right now. All right?
1: So, um... Did they have a rose garden ceremony in the Obama years C- congratulating the American people for being the most compassionate they've ever been No. saying, hey, this program is the most successful it's ever been. Uh, we, we, th- we've got more people on food stamps than ever before. Government uh, welfare is always compassion. Shouldn't that be a landmark benchmark event? Shouldn't you be celebrating? The program is working. You have more people on it than ever before who presumably could not have eaten without it, right? And so now you've got more people on food stamps than the total population of Spain. Why wasn't that a talking point during the 2012 reelection? That's a great point. That's a great point. They, see, they, they, they don't they even it was believe, racist if you yeah, brought it Yes. Up. Mm-hmm. They don't even believe their own talking points. Okay. And that's how you can tell because they don't want to celebrate the results of their own policies quickly to yeah,
0: second? Real
2: quick. The same thing I think applies to global warming. There are certainly people who uh, believe that global warming is a real threat and you know, I, you could agree or disagree with it. But there is a very small group of people on the left who are environmentalists who will say, you know, what the answer is, nuclear power. And that 's how you can tell they mean it, mm-hmm. right Like, I mean, if you 're willing to do that, you see people like Casio Cortez, well you're, you have an endless source of mission free energy that is being used to fuel 80 percent of France, and that we 've done very well with and still haven 't even utilized new technologies to make it better. This is an amazing path to success, and when John McCain proposed that back in 2008, hey, we'll go nuclear, we can solve both problems, they were, they were horrified by it. There's a few people on the left that do believe this, and they should be brought up and, 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 and given their profile to heighten a little bit because... At least that is, if you actually believed it, a solution. And I think it would be good for the country, too, if we could develop these things.
0: All right, drum roll. Jason, what's the last one?
2: So, well, basically, that is the the summation
3: of it. But I just wanted to point out for the very last thing was that she didn't say how we were going to pay for this. There was nothing. She did say that even if every billionaire in the country and every company in the country pooled their resources, it still wouldn't be enough to pay for it. Um, (laughs) Every
2: company and every billionaire actually said
3: that. Mm. Um, But... I mean, she did also say that, look, I'm, I'm striving towards zero emissions. We still have an issue with, um, with air, air, you know, air traffic. That will be a problem. And also she brought up the point that I'm glad someone finally brought up, and that was cow farts. She said we've got to do something about cow farts. Maybe that's part of her diet plan, too, and changing our... Did she actually say speed. the words
2: cow
1: farts? It
3: is actually word for word,
1: quote, cow farts.
3: And it said that's, a, that's an issue.
0: I feel like this so. is a really good time to take a break. We'll be
2: back. <laughs> Parody? It doesn't get it, Are you what? sure that was not on the onion? Dead serious. <laughs>
0: All right, we got much more to come in overtime. If you have not yet signed up, go to blazetv.com. You can find so many more voices there, including Mr. Steve Dace. He has a, a, a daily show that you can find on there as well, the Steve Dace show. Um, but blazetv.com, use promo code NEWS, and you can get $10 off of your annual subscription. We're just adding more voices, and, I mean, we've got... Mark Levin, we've got Steven Crowder Um, you've got to check out the lineup because we've got all the big voices, we've got a big tent not a big tarp (laughs) as we (laughs) talked about with Steve here and uh, we will see you guys in overtime
1: Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the News and Why It Matters available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at BlazeTV.com
0: The U.S. military is uh, going to pull troops out of Syria by April, they say. Jason, your thoughts, and then Steve, I want to get your thoughts.
3: I think it's a huge mistake. Um, when I, I first heard about this, when I think, uh, I can't remember the name of the commanding general, uh, Votel, maybe, Iraq and uh, Afghanistan, uh, he, he just said this, uh, I think it was two days ago at a Senate hearing, and said that uh, the president didn't consult him at all, mm-hmm. um, which is very, very disturbing to me, um, because... I, I, Afghanistan and Iraq are different uh, animals, in my opinion. I fought in Afghanistan, uh, served there, lost friends there. So it pains me to say that I do not think that we should still be there. Uh, it's gotten to the point, I, for a certain while, I was all about staying because we had invested so much into stabilizing and doing what we were doing. But we should have just, But at this point, we need to just get out. It would help. In these in these cases, if we just set what our real intentions are versus yep. something else, like our intentions should have been right from the start, we want to kill Osama bin Laden, we want to destroy the Taliban, or we we want to destroy Al Qaeda's uh, the Al Qaeda network there and debilitate their uh, means of launching terror attacks at the United States from there. Do that. Do it. There's a clearly defined endpoint. You get the heck out. But when we go into places and say no, we're going to turn them into a liberal democracy. I'm sorry. You're never going to win that war. You're going to be there forever. And Afghanistan, as I say, is the place where empires <laughs> die. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it's just that's just how it works. You're not going to win an, a, a battle there. And MacArthur would have agreed. You never deploy. Uh, you never invade a company in Asia. Nowhere in Asia. <laughs> yeah. Um, the guy in the, not the Princess win. Bride also believed that. He yes. said that as well.
1: <laughs> Um, see, I'm out nerding you. <laughs> I was, I was going to say it. I thought it's totally inappropriate right now. So I'm glad you bit the bullet on that. See what I did there? Anyway, go ahead. Um, okay, so, but
3: Iraq is completely different uh, for me because Iraq or Syria? Uh, I'm sorry, Syria, because there's a lot of things going on. Like if you want to have a, if you want to have a, I, I would love to have a discussion on what their plan is for how you're going to counter Iran, how you're going to protect Israel, because there is a meta um, situation going on. It ha- doesn't, nec- it doesn't just have to do with Syria. It doesn't nec- just have to do with oh, we're scared of Russian influence there, or or whatever, or, or turning the country into a liberal democracy because that's not going to happen. Right now, Iran is trying to encircle Israel. They're trying to get a uh, sphere of influence that goes all the way to the Mediterranean. That destabilizes the country, and it means that if we leave now, we'll have to come back later. In a much larger force, more Americans are going to die. The only thing keeping that from happening right now is a small amount of U.S. troops, 2,000 U.S. troops. That, that's nothing. That's that, that's that's literally nothing. If, if if a large force wanted to wipe them out, they could. But they don't want to start a larger uh, a larger conflict. And our presence is the only thing keeping that from happening. We leave something bad is going to happen there. And we will have to go back with with massive amounts of forces to roll everything back and reestablish some kind of order. That is my fear. There, Steve, oh, Steve tear that apart.
1: <laughs> I would actually. This is my farm bill. Is this issue? So here
3: we go. I, oh, no.
1: I first of all, I want to applaud the president for for sparking a conversation long overdue. Okay, what are you mentioned? What's the, what's our intentions there? What's the what's the end game there? And I hear people say, well, we've been in Europe for uh, standing a post for Helmut Kohl in uh, in West Germany in 1985. Is not the same as making men like you essentially play referee between sectarian and tribalistic wars that have been raging a thousand years before the Pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock. It's not the same thing at all. In one case, in Europe, we were defending, we were standing watch over our belief system against an external threat. Here we're asking you guys to referee conflicts that predate this country by eons. All right and then and the names change all the time look at Syria so fall of 2013 regime change Assad's got to go we're going to go to war in Syria January of 2014 comes along. Well, we've got ISIL and ISIS, so maybe we need Assad there. we got to go back to the Gene Kirkpatrick doctrine now of bad people at least stop you know, the, uh, the worst people from coming. So now we're going to arm him and work alongside of him. Now maybe ISIS is gone. Well, now he's gassing his people again. We have changed the narrative on Syria four major times in just the last five years. Why? It's not because we don't know what we're doing. I think it's a reflection of that part of the world in its history, that we refuse to acknowledge this. And it's because of this progressive view that all cultures are the same, and that they all want the same thing, Everybody wants Internet porn, Britney Spears, and KFC like we do. And no, they don't. And you probably saw that when you were in Afghanistan. They're not the same. On a basic level, they're made in God's image like we are, and they want to love their family. But their definitions of how we get to those endpoints and what those look like are not the same whatsoever. And so my concern is, I I like the fact the president started this conversation. The fact that his follow-up action was... And I talked to the guy who wants to start a caliphate out of Turkey with in a Brooks Brothers suit, and he told me everything would be fine if we left. Shows me he hasn't really thought it through. If he wanted to come up with find a solution worse than staying in Syria forever, he actually came up with a worse solution, which was further empowering the very dynamic the hegemony we're trying to push back against. If you really wanted to make a statement about this the president should focus his efforts on Afghanistan. What is the point there? If after 18 years, if we walk away it devolves into a blank hole country, that says more about Afghanistan than it says about us. Historically, militaries exist to do one of two things: they either protect your values at home, or they export your values abroad. They are either a domestic defense force, or they are an external conquering one. We are attempting to come up with this middle ground, where essentially we take the greatest trained fighting force of all time, and we tell guys like Jason, you're basically Kevin James in Mall Cop, <laughs> and just ride right around the, t- the the streets of Mosul, figuring out how to do idle good deeds, and and which which sectarian who well he was wearing the white burqa yesterday, and this guy's wearing the black one tomorrow, and just keep doing this until when? I don't know. When does it end? I don't know. Who's in charge? We don't know. That's, the American people deserve better than that. So in true Trumpian fashion, he is, I think, in, inciting the right line of debate and questions, and then offering, like, I agree with most of his rhetoric about what's happened with, with trade with some of these other countries. I just think the tariff scheme he wants to do is a terrible solution. So this has been a constant refrain with Trump, in my view, which is sparking the right questions. And then his alternatives are often solutions that would actually just make this current situation even worse than it already is. Now, you tell me where I'm yeah, wrong, Jason, I've not re- been there. Jason,
3: rebuttal, go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, no, I I completely, no, actually like you're completely that far away yeah, agree actually, with you. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest issues we've had is, you know, actually, like, Trump is really doing exactly what I said we should have done in Afghanistan, which he said, look, we're going to be there to, to, to defeat ISIS, and then we're leaving, mm-hmm. which is exactly what I said we should have done in Afghanistan. One of the biggest problems in our military and military action is we just don't define that. We try to like, pretend it's because of our morals and our values when most of the time it has to do with interests yep. and other things. But we don't say that because yep. we can't come out and say that. We wouldn't get the social contract needed to actually do these wars mm-hmm. and the entire world wouldn't agree with us. Um, the thing with the uh, I wish I wish what they would do is in Syria is what they would do in Yemen right now. So in Yemen, it's awful. The humanitarian situation is awful. Um, we're not publicly commenting about it where uh, the president's basically waging his own private war on it. Not really, you know, including Congress in it at all. Um, why? Because they haven't been able to define what they really want out of it. They're there because of Iran. That's why. There's two straits that most of the uh, uh, world's oil goes out of. If Iran goes to Iran, uh, if, if, the, uh, if Yemen goes to Iran, they control the
1: world's oil supply.
3: That's why we're in Yemen. Just say it.
1: Yeah. Just say that's what you want yeah. and ask Congress to approve it. Jason, Things why didn't did we be establish a Guantanamo Bay-like presence in Iraq? Where we just simply said, this is our... Mi-, similar to what we did in Central America and Latin America with Guantanamo Bay. If you guys want to come back here again... You want, you want to nuclear arm them, the, our, you know, our hemisphere against us again. We don't, the next time we don't need a, you know, a six month desert shield buildup. We have B 52s right here, uh, and tomorrow morning you're gonna get up and, and the outskirts of Iran are gone. Don't do that. Why did we never, we never established any sort of permanent beachhead so that we had a permanent presence there? Why didn't we send our refineries to Iraq? And sell the Iraqi people, that's your oil. We're going to pump the hell out of that out of the ground. All right. And what we're going to do is we're going to go to our coalition of the willing. And no one's paying more than $50 a barrel forever. Because we just want the cheap, petro, we just want the cheap petro, and all the money goes back to you, the Iraqi people. Go build yourself a market economy. Why didn't I actually thought it was a war for oil, which is why I was for it. I never believed that we were. We honestly thought we were going to we were going to bring path and democracy to the Middle East. I didn't believe. I thought we just lied to the New York Times to get through the 2004 election. I mean, I really thought like I was waiting for the Halliburton trucks to roll in. Okay, we never did. We we apparently bought the entire Marie Harf progressive vision of what we were doing over there. Why? Why didn't we do why didn't we americanize anybody over there? Why didn't we? I, for one it wouldn't work. Uh, for, y- y- for the you Kurds, it kind of worked with the Kurds in yeah, some in some areas, right? Well, that's another frustration of mine. And for 25 <laughs> <There we go. laughs> is back. For 25 years there's one group of people that has rightfully been on our side. Like, Qatar was where we launched an Iraq war from, and now they're basically Al Jazeera's puppet state. The one people that have been on our side this entire quarter century since the first Iraq war are the Kurds. And we have screwed them every single time. Yeah, it's
3: Why? Abs- oh, you're preaching to the choir on this yeah. one. I've spent a lot of time with the Kurds in northern Iraq, and they are amazing, amazing people. There's nowhere in the Middle East you can go as an American, especially looking like me, like very, very much a white boy, mm-hmm. and stand <laughs> in the middle of the worst neighborhood and feel perfectly safe. Mm-hmm. You can do that in Erbil the capital of uh, Karadzik, Kurdistan. Nowhere. It, it, it's really amazing the difference between there and Baghdad. It's crazy. Mm. And like you said, we've been screwing them since World War I. We really have. Uh, there's a huge difference between the Kurds there and the Kurds in Syria, which are basically Marxists. Um, even speak a different language, and I hate it when they conflate those two because it's a completely different situation. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I'll just to tie a bow on this, um, we really need to get back to, and this sounds very, very cold, but we need to get back to a situation where there's an Iraq and there's an Iran back at all you know all of the 80s, <laughs> when there's two opposing forces that will... They'll manage the Middle East between between themselves. We may get involved every once in a while, and like I don't know, like selling the arms to both people or whatever. <laughs> um, not really, but I'm just saying we may yeah. get involved in some way politically or whatever. Um, but that needs to be the scenario. Maybe it's Erdogan against Iran. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And they'll. But there needs to be a counterbalance. There can't about be the Saudis against Iran. Whew. Man, that's like, these terrorists are these terrorists. Yeah. Um, that's possible, but I don't think the Saudis ha- actually have the manpower. What's crazy about Saudi Arabia is, yeah, they have a lot of oil. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have a lot of people. Mm-hmm. They've got, like, two cities and a whole lot of desert. Mm-hmm. They don't have much else. I think Turkey, It's what's so weird, it's the cyclical nature of history. And they're pretty much moving towards domination of that area again. Another caliphate. Yeah. It will be pick your caliphate at one point. I agree. It'll be an Erdogan
2: caliphate. Or
3: a Khomeini caliphate.
2: Uh, before we go, yeah. a couple things. First of all, I would ask you not to demean the service of Kevin James and Malcott. <laughs> uh, I did not like that at all. Um, well, he did it with distinguished he, so. he did. Uh, I think, too, because like I, 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 you could make an argument, I think, with Syria on, on both sides of it. Uh, the part of that it really bothers me is the fact that he's not even checking with his generals. I mean, and that I was what we were too. told the whole time. Yeah is that you know he's going to go to his generals. He's that this isn't his forte, he's going to ask.
0: He's inexperienced, but he'll have experienced right. people around him. Yeah,
2: and he's kind of seen it go to go the, to the thing, again, kind of the same thing I thought. He's just saying this in the campaign to win, which is I know better than my generals. Mm-hmm. Now he's executing that philosophy, and that does make me nervous. Um, I will say, also, I, I do own one uh, issue of Vanity Fair magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something I admit all the time. Uh, but I bought it off eBay, and on the cover is a glorious, fashionable uh, spread of Assad's wife. And there's a huge 30 page article oh, about how glorious and wonderful Assad's wife is. This is right before the Syria thing blew up. Mm. And you forget how, like, to, he used to, to come, come your and do point, dinners with John Kerry yeah. and Nancy Pelosi in Washington, yeah. D.C. I mean, Tulsi Gabbard is running for president right now, yeah. basically on an I love Assad platform. Um, you forget, like, to your point of how this stuff changes so fast. These they were media darlings right before this started, right before it, Mm -hmm. and now they're you know they're the worst thing in the world unless apparently you're Tulsi Gabbard who still like who who loves him, but it's it's just a, a you know. It's so unmanageable. And I think as conservatives, a lot of times you're like, look, we're 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 rule of law people like, you know, you do something wrong. We're gonna come in there and make sure you do it right. Mm -hmm. On the other side, we're also small government people. And part of that philosophy is realizing you can't micromanage every situation. And a lot of times I think that's how I, I get to with the Middle East and all these complicated international situations that have been going on for so long. You just can't manage it. Just like we can't manage a health care as a federal government or an economy as a federal government, we can't manage that either. And, you know, last resort, I think we need to get to the point where that is a last resort for us to be involved in those things. I mean, it just it just it's, it's so difficult to make it turn out the right way. Stepping back as much as humanly possible, I think is the right answer. Yeah.
0: Uh, Steve, you are in town for a movie debut. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about it?
1: Yeah, there's a movie coming out uh, March 29th called unplanned and it's, it's Abby Johnson is the Planned Parenthood whistleblower and she was the youngest clinic director in Planned Parenthood history. She ran the clinic, not, you know, well, it's far for you guys here in Texas, but it's just a hop, skip and a jump from an Iowa perspective. But she ran the one in college station outside of Houston. And, uh, uh, And and she bought into all the propaganda. She had had uh, a couple of uh, abortions herself uh, and really believed that they were helping young women. Uh, As the years went on, she started struggling with it more after she had her own child. And then one day, um, they're short of nurses. And so she gets called in to actually assist with a procedure. And it's really the first time that she has moved beyond the talking points and confronted with what's been going on in these clinic rooms. And the trailer to the film hints at it. But it does. I've seen the movie, and it goes, it goes there. And I, I mean, it, this isn't pill popper on reality TV, on you know, ex, you know, gratuitous. But you will watch them, and you will watch the outcome of what it's mm-hmm. going to force a lot of people to be to, to come to grips with what goes on inside of there, and and that these are human beings, and you're going to see this. And I don't want to spoil anything because we're going to do a screening here while I'm here, and I want everybody that's coming here to the screening at the Blaze. I want you guys to see this in real time without me spoiling it, without you knowing when it's coming, because I want to see if you have the same reaction to it that I had the first time that I saw it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so spread the word. We, uh, we need awareness about this now more than ever uh, with all of the bills popping up, basically, not basically, allowing uh, infanticide. So now is the time. Spread the word. Unplanned, the movie, you said March 29th? March 29th. <laughs> March 29th, it comes out. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Steve, thanks again for joining you us. Bet. It was great Sorry to have you here. Sorry
1: I wore you the here. same shirt two days in a row. I <laughs> know.
0: <laughs> Me too. It was yeah. crazy. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say anything. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you Monday. <laughs>